0: These are the trauma-healing learnings based on one mom's journal entries, recorded in real time from a catastrophic event with her son that you've been listening to in the Blink of an Eye story.
1: Life can change in the blink of an eye. Hello, dear ones. This week's conversation is very dear to my heart, and I am absolutely thrilled to share it with you, beloved community of listeners. I spent the hour with my dear friend, Jessica Dibb, who is a trustee on the Blink of an Eye nonprofit board and is founder of the Inspiration Consciousness School. She is also the director of the Global Professional Breathwork Alliance. Jessica speaks to us about the transformative power of breath for individuals, communities, and truly for the whole world and all its beings. This conversation is full of wisdom that will contribute to your healing journey, whether you are spinal cord injured or not.
2: Are you or someone you know looking for that next step in your career? Are you interested in mediation, conflict resolution, or conflict transformation? For 30 years, Baltimore Mediation has been a leader in the dispute resolution and conflict transformation field training professional mediators and leaders across the U.S. and abroad in methods of conflict transformation and relational ways to support others through their conflict experience, dispute, or crisis. Baltimore Mediation focuses on relational conflict theory to support others in their decision-making process. Trainings with Baltimore Mediation will give you the mindset and skill set to promote quality dialogue and informed decision-making between multiple people involved in conflict, whether in the workplace, family system, court system, or daily life. Baltimore Mediation's trainings are nationally acclaimed and certified. They sell out quickly, so act now and register for the next course on their website at www.baltimoremediation.com.
1: Welcome to Season 3, Trauma Healing Learning 22, Love Breath as Strong Medicine, with Jessica Dibb. Hello, Blink of an Eye family. Before we begin, I just want to welcome you to this space, whether this is your first time with us or your hundredth. In the Trauma Healing Learnings this season, we share conversations and resources with our community so we can all navigate through spinal cord injury recovery for ourselves or our loved ones. These interviews also have so much transferable wisdom to apply to healing for anyone through any kind of trauma. If this episode feels relevant to anyone in your life, please share it. Relational connections are the deepest ways that this community can grow and share the resources that so many people are needing right now. Well, this week, we have a truly special gift to share. This Trauma Healing Learning interview was one of the first interviews I conducted for the podcast story in 2020, and it's just as relevant today, if not more so. Jessica Dibb is the founder and spiritual director of the Inspiration Consciousness School, a co-director of the Global Professional Breathwork Alliance, a trustee of the Blink of an Eye nonprofit, and a dear friend. Jessica is, among many other things, an expert in integrative breathwork and has so much to share about the healing power of breath and moment-to-moment embodied presence. She was there for me and my family, in such a deeply meaningful way after Archer's injury, when we were in the first ICU in New Jersey and then the second ICU in Atlanta, and later in inpatient rehab with Archer dependent on a ventilator and lung machine. And as you will learn more about in this conversation, when we were living day to day, uncertain of whether Archer would live, and then week to week, Uncertain whether he would ever get off life supports. Beyond the physical challenges, I was also experiencing extreme confusion and many emotions around the statements from medical authorities that our son was not expected to survive, and then later medical statements that he didn't have the will to progress, and my own knowing of our son his capacity, and his own near-death experience he had shared with me within hours of his accident, where he had been given a choice to live or die, and he chose life. I felt deeply it was not Archer's path to die in a hospital at this age or to live the rest of his life on a ventilator but an alternative medical path wasn't clear, and I wasn't sure of how to navigate through the unfamiliar and often unhopeful medical maze. Jessica lent her gifts to the efforts to help Archer breathe independently and wean from the respirator, which you've heard the beginnings of in our companion story episode. Her breathwork gift and her ability to meditate and see inside the body was a significant contributor to Archer's weaning off the ventilator after seven months of relying on artificial life support. Our conversation begins with us recalling the time I reached out to Jessica for her guidance as I dreamed and prayed into the possibility of Archer breathing on his own. I knew That if anyone could tell me if that was going to happen physically, it would be Jessica. And you will learn how now. It all begins with breath. So settle in. Take a deep breath. And feel the expansion that a moment of consciousness can bring to your lungs and to your well-being. Here we go. I, I knew what was possible, but I couldn't see it. And I wanted to know if you could see it. I remember asking that.
3: I mean i couldn't deny what my what my experience was in the sense of you know being guided by God you know by the collective consciousness i I could see it, I could see archer breathing, it was not wishful thinking, it was like this is a real path. I told you, I remember even be, you know being ruthlessly honest with you at the time I said there is Absolutely no reason for this young man, this boy, to die, and there is no reason for him to stay on a respirator the rest of his life. There is a path where that does not have to happen, and it's going to require the utmost attention and listening and willingness to trust and to be courageous even and to speak even when the words coming the other way are not matching that. And um, I just remember, you know, it was as if I felt like I was getting inscripted into like a divine task force or something.
1: This piece about there's a path, I had been praying and in my deepest prayer, it was, show me the path, Lord. I knew there was a path. I was trying so hard to see it. Yeah. And it was just a, an amazing thing when that first call because everything we needed, I felt, was like the Red Sea just parted. Like everything we needed. I had felt for some time like God You've prepared me for this. Mm -hmm. I understand conflict transformation. I understand conflict. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to awaken on my own spiritual path and my relationship with, with you, Lord. I know how to negotiate. All these pieces, I felt like I was sort of prepared. And then, just now, not then, today, When you just told me that everything was converging for you, all of the chapters of your expertise and your life experience and your higher self were all coming together. It was mission-driven in a way. that I think we were both really trying hard to let it come from the divine rather than just sort of human will but I knew my will as a mother for Archer was also very strong too
3: and it was a it was an extremely important part of the whole medicine you know that that there was no doubt about that i mean and I constantly prayed for you about that piece because it, it was extraordinary. Not that there aren't many mo- mothers that have that kind of will, but you had will combined with action. And I, so I, I would pray about that so that you would, you know, keep getting supported in that because it was a critical part of the medicine. You know, another critical part of the medicine was archers, already Archer had demonstrated so early in his life um, such a breadth of capacity. You know, when you think of all the interests that he had for mm-hmm. a young man his age, that he liked to cook, that he liked athletics, the architecture, you know, it's like painting, I, you know, intelligence. Yeah. I mean, kind, you know, he just he was he was already a renaissance person in my estimation and so i felt like his and he was you know he had a, a spiritual life and i felt like that piece of him the fact that he had developed a kind of excellence to like keep on learn you know learning and having such breadth and all that was also a critical part of the medicine. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it was almost like now this third element came in, which was, you know, listening, listening to God, listening to infinite intelligence, you know. Um, the poet Rumi has this beautiful, very short poem where he says, there is a way of breathing that is a shame and a suffocation mm. and there is another kind of breath a love breath which opens you infinitely and Louise that is how I felt working with you with Archer about getting him to be a getting his breath that it was a love it was love that was empowering us it was love that was enlightening us it was love that was energizing us and that love breath that was coming through each of us and that was going to become his breath on his own was opening us infinitely so that pieces of you know just pieces of information and wisdom and certainly the relational skills you know i remember so many times of you talking you know you'd call me in a kind of conundrum and you and we'd figure out what needed to be communicated and then you'd use your beautiful you know way of relational communication and it would it would all turn around so it was this combination of these you know kind of four things i would say maybe you know i i said it was three but four things of archer's renaissance flexibility uh, and excellence your will as a mother the willingness to hear the divine and literally have faith in it and 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 have that be like a love breath that was opening us up to infinite wisdom and then as that wisdom came through and you needed to communicate it in real time the use of your relational skills, which made, you know, all of those things made a difference. Absolutely.
1: You named it so beautifully. I love that. The love breath. I think the people, the beautiful people who were reading the Archer blogs every day, and I would ask them
3: yeah,
1: to send their gratitude for their breath to us Jessica, how do you explain that? I know there's a way to understand that. This collective energy that is created, that 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 created a field for healing. It was an yeah. energy field that 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 supported the breath.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, everything everything is one. I mean, however anybody chooses to look at it, whether they just think it was you know, it all comes from God or the creator or whether, and, or, you know, if you even just talk about the big bang, it was all, you know, it's like we are not, nothing in the universe is actually alien. It's all, it's all one from that perspective. Even if you look at it from a physics perspective, it was literally all one. It expanded and it keeps on creating and so when we are able to kind of tap into that or even what, you know, Dan Siegel might call the plane of possibility, the place yeah. of origin, um, we have access to all the resources at an inner level that would, and all of the intelligence at an inner level that would ever be needed. Now, when people breathe together, when they conspire together, <laughs> they create a treasure chest a treasure trove of resources amongst all of them you know because we each have our little piece of the garden that we've been given to take care of mm. you know and when and when we breathe together mm. the gifts of each of our gardens and the the conspiring happens so that the treasure chest is just even that much bigger mm. so i just feel like You know, the medicine chest that was created from those collective treasure chests for Archer was enormous. And that is, I think, what happened. That's why there was so much energy that helped whatever needed to happen, whatever people needed to be contacted, whatever transport needed to come in, whatever healing energy in his body you know, that could learn to breathe on its own, all of that was being supported by the collective breath and prayers and intention of everyone.
1: It's such a privilege to be having this conversation right now. Did I ever tell you that how Archer talked with God? Yes. Yeah, I thought I, I must have. So then you think, okay, so he's made a choice to live. So all of these flowing elements that the breath was carrying—many mm-hmm. people. What's your thinking about that?
3: Well, you know, I'm just thinking again. Breath is like the source of life. You know, it's like. Breath is God's covenant with us that, you know, live. I want you to live, you know. And our journey, our part of, the you know, the the diamond journey of Archer that you and I shared very much had to do with the breath of life and all of the different dimensions that that meant. That it meant survival. It meant emotional regulation with other people. So it meant connection. It meant empowerment, like within the self. And it also meant something incredibly spiritual. So I I just remember that first, I guess it was around 30 days, just the desperation that my soul felt in terms of the mission to get Arthur and you and i remember we started doing all kinds of things like filling the air with lavender scents and you know bringing little sun lamps in and having prayer going on and music and and i actually was rereading some of my texts from you and how archer didn't want the tv he just wanted to hear the chants he just he didn't want you know most patients would want he didn't he was loving the chants he was loving the lavender and sometimes you use peppermint to clear the staleness out and then lavender and that's what he gravitated towards but i remember wanting just this desperation of like having to get the both of you out of there because the environment was not saying archer is going to live the environment was not saying archer is going to be able to breathe on his own and so the two of you were having to hold it and i felt privileged to be able to just keep bolstering that and praying for it and walking around and praying for it and living with it. But I knew that we had to get you somewhere else.
1: It was so powerful for me when you would affirm that the environment did not support this early on. It was before I contacted you where I knew we had to like move a room, but then Mm. things were getting really bad. And when I contacted you, we needed to get out of, this facility mm-hmm. have you firm from a place of knowing and wisdom and without any ego. I think that was, the, that was the biggest piece for me. It felt very pure and it was so loving, like it would not have been something that would have ever been harmful. It was just so precious to me when you would affirm and say that.
3: Yeah, you know, one of the most intimate and sacred, you know, really precious things about it for me was that you would call with such a place of, I would say, humility and trust and, you know, you would say something along the line, can you connect with Archer and tell me, da-da-da-da-da, my God, you know, I'm never going to forget that. It's like this woman is entrusting me, you know, with her... Son's life, and just saying, will you connect? You know, like, and just like, and then I would say these things. I I cannot tell you what, yeah, privilege. What a what a just extraordinary experience that was for me, and how I took it with such reverence. You know, Um, and I did my very best to listen. You know, to I will just call it the beloved. You know, God, the divine, the all that is so i remember when we finally did and there's so many twists and turns you know to the story i mean there would be there would be all these like does he need this treatment does he need that treatment i can remember times louise i give you a lot of credit where You know, they would say that he needed something and we would just get that he didn't. And you took the leap, you know, you took the leap of faith, um, which I have found to be true. You know, I've had animals and humans that lived way beyond what was supposed to happen because sometimes it's just like, "Mm, this is, you know, they don't need that or they do need this. And you were just a warrior. I mean, really, you were you were just a, a sacred warrior. And so I remember you calling me so many times, and you'd be like, can you just connect? And then I'd go, you know, and in, and I would receive something. And then, you know.
1: Can we talk about that? I, I remember the first time I was so respectful of your time. I was just like, Jessica is giving me all of this time, I was just so deeply appreciative. And I would text you. And I, I remember the, one of the first requests was, Jessica, do you, can you tell me what's going on inside our church? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I remember that.
1: I just had this, I just had this knowing that, if we could know what was going on in his lungs, then, I, then the path would be clearer for me. And I knew that you would be someone who could possibly tap into that. I don't know if anybody else who, who would or could.
3: So I remember when, that, when you gave me that task, and I remember walking, on these grounds, actually, and i was I was literally taken inside of archer's lungs and it 's a holy experience for me because I remember describing to you um, when we talked i said um, archer's lungs are a cathedral yes. because it felt like an Almost like one of those cathedrals in Europe that where the ceilings, you know, are so high, you know, and the and the way they're arched, and it was like his lungs were like that, which I was totally shocked by because I was expecting to see, you know, struggling tissue, but instead what I saw was I saw this sense of cathedral, and then I remember telling you, there's like these two or three little lobs that was the word i used blobs now neither of us knew at the time the word blebs we didn't know what that we didn't even know that there was such a medical term I where,
1: where where are they yeah. in the lung
3: you were? i do and and there was a whole description of like the down and the to the and so and and so it was just so interesting because what i was told at that time was these will heal do not worry you know, do not worry, it's only a matter of time these will heal. And so I don't remember the exact timing, but i I told you all of this.
1: Because in the fall.
3: Yeah. And then you told me, you know, yeah, they found these blebs and they were very worried that there was going to be like all of these blebs and it would mean that he could never breathe on his own and all that. And we had this vision that had come earlier, you know, that said, no, there's only a few and they are going to heal. They are not going to stop the.
1: They said they don't heal. I know. Once there's a bleb and then they
3: multiplied. And also, of course, you were very concerned with archer's emotional you know and spiritual state, and those were some of the most precious moments for me and That was just so clear. in fact, I had found a text that I wrote to you where I said to you, "Archer is as challenging as this is, and as much as we wish it wasn't this way. Archer is being given." or he has the opportunity here is more the way I would say it, because he has the capacity to have a spiritual initiation of immense proportions. And he has been prepared for this too. And, and there was other language there. I had a strong sensation of Archer's spiritual capacity and life as something much more amazing than any of us even knew. You know, there's a way that I'm, I just listen and it's only when I'm guided. And this was incredible. I mean, I was up for the next 36 hours. I was feeling this message, which is to always begin again, to always begin again. And I just knew that this was the mantra for Archer. he was beginning again he was having a spiritual initiation it's not what you as his mother or his siblings or his father would want for his physical body it isn't what i would want but it had happened and in the wake of it he was being given the chance to literally live out the truth of begin again begin again begin again And I knew even more certainly at that point, he will be off that respirator any day now. You know, this is by this time he was down at Shepherd, which I knew, you know, the relief of him being at that facility was incredible. And I just knew he's going to get off this respirator and his lungs are going to heal. We were shown that they were going to heal and it, Totally resonated with all those things that had come through me in those very first few days about Archer's capacity. I just kept being shown his capacity at every level, including spiritually.
1: Begin again. You know, I didn't think I knew any atheists. And on this journey, it so unfolds where. Atheists became part of our collective journey, and I have been enriched by our interconnectedness and their desire to be part of something, even though it was made very clear, don't believe as you do, I, I don't believe in God but I do believe in something's happening and I want to be part of it. And it's just really beautiful to me yeah. because we are all one.
3: I think anytime anybody responds to a kind of, you use the word pure, but like a pure, unconditional love, just a genuine caring for another human being. We're just, you know, we can just call it love, but we could say also that you're closer to God.
2: Yeah.
1: I think that's
3: right. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh has this teaching that he gives where he says, Christ has no way to actually touch another human being, but through your hands, no way Mm -hmm. to look upon another person with compassion in his eyes, except through your eyes. I just find that so beautiful.
1: It's so beautiful. It's a, it's a funny thing around just our, images of the divine of course we're not the divine but but we can really reflect that love to each other I mean that's that's this whole plane of going in this direction service and Dan's plane of possibility it's actually a very he's taking his scientific mind and research and studies and marrying it with spirituality what the
3: yep. plane of possibility is all about. That is what it is. And so he calls God the generator of diversity because he says that in the plane of possibility, the teaching I like to use is that with God all things are possible. And so the generator of diversity is the plane of possibility. From that plane, anything can happen. And, you know, our willingness to say yes to it, our Becoming willing to invest our somatic, emotional, cognitive, and spiritual energy to love, to that intention of, you know, creates, that's the connection of heaven on earth. You know, that's the connection of kind of an intelligence that is a higher order than our fear and our ego would usually create. So... You felt the presence of that so much in the journey with Archer. I still feel it. I just feel like you know, your family is is blessed.
1: It's changed me. I mean, of course. Any traumatic big event or just deep losses, you know, they, they change us. But I do feel i haven 't been afraid to die and it 's not like a, oh i can't wait to die tomorrow it 's not that i in fact I, when I think about dying i am, I'm filled with panickiness that my children would not yes. have mother yes, I know I have things I still want to do on this earth in my sort of human view of of life, but i I really felt like. I I cannot wait to be in eternity with with God and all the other angels and the archangels and the saints and it will really be magnificent. <laughs> and, and I I didn't have that feeling before. You know you don't look forward to it, but yet I will look forward to it. And I just want to stay on the right right path. Has it has this shaped you, changed you in any ways since?
3: I mean, you know, as I said, Louise, I I consider it to be, you know, just such a sacred, mystical journey that, why, you know, sometimes I said to God, why me? Why did you allow me to have this journey with Archer and Louise? You know, because I just have felt, beyond grateful. Um, and so it certainly is one of the things that has added to my certainty of feeling the potential that human, humanity has of what we really are, what we're really capable of, I love it when Rilke says that um, we must become open to the most unheard of and inexplicable, even the seemingly impossible must become possible. And that humankind has in that sense been cowardly, that all of the the things that matter most to us, you know, birth and death and the whole so-called spirit world, visions, we have by daily parrying so crowded out of our existence that the very senses with which we could grasp these things have atrophied. Mm. And I guess that I feel like this was a time when, we reg- when those senses were regained in you and in Archer and in me, like we got to exercise these capacities. And see that the, you know, the unheard of, the inexplicable, the even seemingly impossible is possible, that with God all things are possible. And so it's, it's greatly just, you know, there's, there's such a place of ground with that, of like knowing the truth of that that I've had from, you know, other, other, you know, journeys too, but, the, and this one is just, you know, huge and massive. And like you use golden threads about our relationship. It just feels like a, a, a you know, an ocean of gold, you know, of God's gold. And um, it's with me all the time. You know, when Rilke says that uh, courage, you know, we've been cowardly. You know, I think it, that's why your courage, your will, Archer's courage, Archer's. and your trusting my courage to say what I was feeling and seeing was a very important part of the medicine. Yeah. There was a lot of
1: trust. And I guess it does take a certain leap of faith, like a lion or leopard or jaguar to, to trust. Thank you so much.
3: I mean, you know, I want to say you're welcome, but honestly, as soon as you say that, I just want to say thank you so much and thank you to Archer so much and, you know, thank you to God and. Father Bruno, Lentari, and your whole beautiful family. Yes. Um, um, and Billy I, mean, and- I really hope if people hear anything from this Louise, that they hear that love is powerful beyond measure and that when we are willing to love unconditionally, and want everyone around us to thrive. Because that was part of, by the way, the relational communication part of it. Like even when we knew we had to share with a doctor something that went against their grain, the way that it was communicated was with so much relational love wisdom, you know, that these doctors would, you know, rise up. These nurses would, I mean, everybody was growing. And so I hope, you know, I think it, my sister, you know, Jamie, as you know, died way too young at the age of 35 of, of breast cancer. And, you know, she had an extraordinary last three years. Um, she was supposed to only live for six months to maybe 18 if she was lucky. And she lived over three. She lived with me. We had many miracles. That would be a whole nother podcast. cast. Um, and she said when she came out of one of her reveries, she said, um, I really get it, Jessica. The whole, you know, she was, I think she was visiting, you know, different, the other side and coming back. She said, the whole purpose of our lives is to grow. Mm and do nothing but grow every single moment, mm-hmm. and to love and to give out nothing but love every single moment. And I think that is what afforded her many miracles, healing at emotionally and spiritually, living way longer than anybody thought many times when similar things happened. Um, as with Archer, just like it was looking dark and weak and it wasn't, and then phew, um. And I think that was because we lived in an atmosphere at that point of wanting the best for each other, no matter what. Uh, She wanted that for me as much as I wanted it for her. And we wanted it for everybody around us. And it created this extraordinary, we were willing to grow and just keep growing. Well, that's what I experienced with you and Archer, is that the both of you were just willing to keep growing and growing and growing and do nothing but grow (laughs) and to love. And there was this way that we were just all loving each other, loving each other into being. And I hope that everybody knows that we're all that. We are all that love. We all have this capacity. And it's part of what our world needs.
1: That's another huge piece of where I'm different now. I have a de- desire for other people's well-being so much more accessible to me mm. as I was as I would grow and hit my own stumbling stone and boulder, and then it'd be like, you know, here's another growth edge for me. And I think the more, not just in crisis, but just daily. And in particular with people who might grind us a little bit or hurt our feelings or, or we just feel left out or overlooked or whatever, whatever it is, it's not soft, but to have a shift, like a mind shift of that comes not not really so much from the head, as from the heart of, I want their well-being. And I don't... Not in my own, but it's it's a it's a both. It's a and both then. it really makes a difference.
3: Nothing can, nothing can be left out of God's love, not the other or ourselves. Yes, that's
1: that is that is so.
3: Well, we did so much of our journeying, you know, by phone, um, voice. So I have very few texts, but I did find this one and I wanted to just read this to you. It's very vulnerable for me to read it to you. This is written to you on um, September 4th. So it was just one day short of, you know, it was 30 days exactly. And I said, my heart goes out to both of you, meaning you and Archer. Fatigue is hard, but it is like the prep for a sacred initiation. In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, will no one stay awake with me? And you guys did that last night. You stayed up, stayed up for the vigil. The vigil was his, and it was his preparation for his initiation. I'm talking about Archer here. The initiation here is for new life, new hope, new faith. This is the beginning of an education, the hardest and most challenging education Archer has ever had. Without it, his life will actually be minimal. With it, his life will be abundant, like a well-trained Olympic athlete or an amazing dancer or a scientist doing long hours to to discover something. He will be a different person in 10 weeks, and he himself will start to feel the change in two weeks. There will be a vital force that was not there before, and amidst the grueling grind, there will be flowers and triumphs. And learning that happens all the way through this, all the way through his and your soul. So take heart. You are not alone.
1: When did you feel in your life, Jessica, that you had a gift that people would put you into the category of being a mystic?
3: You know, it's, it's, I, it's, I understand it. So it's a worthy question. I never, I have never felt that. Mm. I've never felt, I've never felt the need to be called a mystic. I've never felt, um, Oh, I have a gift or even, you know, I mean, the most that's ever happened is I thank God for the gift. Like if something happens, like with Archer, I just go, Oh my God, thank you, God. Like, how did I get to participate in that? My, my feeling is, is that each one of us is a gift. Each one of us is filled with gifts and our task is like what Jamie said, our task is to just love and give out nothing but love every moment. And our task is to grow, 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 do nothing but grow. And I think when we do that, it's actually good to stay away from labels. And, you know, like it's not ours. It's not, you know, it's not our power or our, you know, vision. It's, it's power. It's everywhere, and it's vision, and it's everywhere. And we, if we can be so humble, feel lucky that we get to experience any of it, that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I love it. I, I feel it, graced,
1: yeah. Uh, labels don't really serve us, and especially the ones sometimes that, are, that come from a place of great respect and endearment can have another side. That has to be uh, guarded very cautiously.
3: Yes, yes. No. No. So the whole journey, as hard no. as it's been, Louise, and as you know, filled with as many tears and wishing and heartbreak and all that, the whole journey has been, is now, and I think will continue to be grace. There is an incredible grace operating here somewhere. And I really appreciate deeply that I've been allowed to be a part of it. And you've got my my heart. Archer has my heart.
1: And you have, you have mine.
3: I remember saying to you early on, there's a part of this that's just between God and Archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Young archer that's growing into a young man, that is is growing into a mature life. Yeah. Such kindness. So thank you, my dear friend. Thank you for answering the call.
3: Thank you for answering the call.
1: And uh, for the serendipity that we know there are never any accidents. anybody who has the opportunity to respond to a family member or a friend or even a stranger when they are in a very dark time and whether it's a a moment of connection or whether it is walking with them on the journey moving in an everyday kind of thing or whatever the rhythm is that that shared experience, I think, is really cellular. Body knows I, I wasn't alone.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Others were with me. So thank you.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you again. Many blessings to everyone.
1: Many blessings. Jessica Dibb. I am so blessed to be connected with her and to share her work with all of you dear listeners. You can learn more about breathwork with the Inspiration Consciousness School at www.inspirationcommunity.org and go deeper into the practice of integrative breathwork, the enneagram, psychodynamic principles, and more. As we close, I notice that more and more when I focus on my breath, especially since knowing Jessica and receiving her teachings, I feel the connection with all beings. I feel that it is the same air we are all breathing, the same breath that keeps us all alive, the same breath that is generated and regenerated, by the plant life that sustains life itself. And as I follow my breath deeper and deeper, I meet and feel the divine source energy, the creator from whom all life force emanates. So as we part for now, I invite you into a gentle breathwork practice Allow your attention to focus on your breath in and out, in and down. Follow the breath into your lungs into your belly and as it circulates again feel the gentle movements that happen as air flows in and out naturally allow your breath to breathe you Observe it without trying to change it. If you're distracted or there's a hiccup or a tightening, it's all right. Just follow the breath. Feel it becoming deeper. Allow it to create more space within you. shift your attention to feeling our beloved community that we have created breathing together I am breathing with you and you are breathing with me we are all breathing together we are in this life together Thank you for listening. Thank you for breathing together. Please help us spread this healing resource far and wide. If you learned something today, or if you have some insights of your own to share, please reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or by email at louise at blinkofaneyepodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this conversation, Please share it with a friend who might gain something as well. You can also support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at Patreon. All those links are in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for listening. Together, we are raising the vibration for healing. Life can change in the blink of an eye. Life is so precious sending love hope for everything obtain everything love heals trauma thank you for tuning in to the trauma healing learnings you may tune in to the companion blink of an eye story at season three episode 22 the doctor is not the only authority thank you for listening subscribing and following And thank you for telling your friends about Blink of an Eye Podcast. Together, we are raising the vibration
0: or healing. You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Subscribe to Blink of an Eye on our website, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Blink of an Eye podcast is sponsored by the Blink of an Eye nonprofit, a nonprofit created as a national resource to help change the way we respond to spinal cord injury, to include trauma healing approaches for families and medical teams across the US. Blink of an Eye provides a national team of SCI specialized doctors or expert opinions in the first hours of crisis, a multidisciplinary family support and navigation team for SCI families led by SCI families for the first 30 days of crisis, and a national resource library of trauma-informed responses for the first hours and days after injury, specialized for families, friends, and SCI medical staff. Blink of an Eye also offers a registry of medically unexpected SCI recoveries. To donate and find out more, visit www.blinkofaneye.org or events.iSeeThat.org. That's events.i, the letter c, t-h-a-t.org.